Hello and welcome to Basement Side. I'm your host, Deeg. I'm here tonight with my friends and uh, co-conspirators, Matt and Taylor. Say hello. Sup? Hello. Hi. Hi, Bablock. Hi, Matt Dev. Um, we're here tonight to determine who's the most intelligent, best-looking, and best TFC player among the three of us. And to answer that question, we're debating general gaming topics. This is a serious, formal no nonsense debate where each of us will take two turns judging and four turns debating and whoever at the end of the debate has the most points is uh the debate king i want to be the debate king or the master debater there it is the master debater it's been suggested that the hat uh is an automatic disqualification for matt i'll have to appeal to the judges on that one best hat <laughs> i can even flip it down if you guys want here we go Okay. I win. <laughs> well, uh, without any further ado, let's uh, let's jump into it, boys. Um, so, like I mentioned, the format is one judge, two debaters will rotate, and I will flip a coin to randomly assign a position of pro or con for each debate prompt to Matt and, uh, and Bad Luck. So, uh, as much as we may like it, we would all love to choose the position that we uh, would argue for. The fun in this is hopefully going to be getting to put each other into positions we don't agree with and arguing for them anyway. So, yep, let's uh, get it on. Hell yeah. First question. Dice roll, please. And should games like Dark Souls have difficulty settings? Well, well, well. I'll be the judge oh, cool. to start off. Wait, doesn't have me as a judge? I'm still fixing <laughs> the overlay. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think this all the way through. Okay. So <laughs> I'll judge and uh, I will flip a coin. So I will flip a coin on uh, Bad Luck's behalf. Uh, one will be pro and two will be con should games like Dark Souls have difficulty settings. And Taylor lands at two. He is con. Matt, you are pro. Pro difficulty settings. Yes. All right. This is not, uh, uh, this is, there's first. no set time or anything. Um, why don't we just give it to the con to start off? Unless you want more time to think and want to defer to your no. uh, your debate partner. I'm ready for this already. Let's do this. Jump in, Matt. All right. So they should definitely have difficulty settings because have you ever fucking played Dark Souls or Bloodborne? It's fucking hard. Oh, uh, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, because with difficulty settings, everyone's on all these different plateaus of difficulty playing through the game and you don't all share the same experience so you really need just to stop being a little bitch and just play it on the difficulty that it's meant to be played on the way the game was designed to be played yeah but what if you have a disability and like a sensory like reaction time disability and they expect you to perfectly parry a weapon are those people should they be marginalized are you saying disabled people gaming, their their gaming experience doesn't matter? Yes. Wow, ableist here. <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> that's, I don't know, man. There's, that's a very, uh, that's a minority. You're making the game for the largest group of people possible so they can all have the most enjoyable, fun, raging as possible. Did you just say minorities don't matter? Are you also a racist? Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the this other went thing, off the rails real fast. What, what if you want to enjoy the story? Just kick back, you know, like play the game. 
name a Dark Souls game that has a story that makes a shred of sense. Just it's a great story about hitting walls every now and then (laughs) (laughs) on accident with your thing. I don't I mean, Sekiro is the closest Sekiro is the only one I've played and the story is not terribly present. So so the problem, though, is that like with those games, because they require such a level of mastery in them, it's difficult for people to kind of pick up and stop and kind of like play casually. You kind of have to dedicate your time. So it does alienate a large group of people by not having difficulty settings, by only like appealing to those who are willing to actually be challenged by it, but then also like have to be playing it on a very regular basis. Because the moment they switch to a different game, right, they may forget all of those mechanics that they had to like understand in order to actually play it and thus are set back and could be dissuaded by the game. Well, that's how any game works. When you spend enough time away from it, you forget how it works and you got to warm back up to it. I mean, even like an RPG like Final Fantasy, if you don't play it for a month, when you come back in, you're like, I don't know what the fuck I was doing. Better start the entire game over. And then you never beat it because you do that forever because you don't have enough time to play it in one sit down. You're wrong. But the, the difficulty setting in these games, I know that every time I overcame a boss in Sekiro, I had an orgasm. And I don't want to take that away from anyone else. Yeah, but what if you just want to have several minor orgasms? You don't have to like blow your load all at once. I mean, that's why would you go Debate for the minor over. One when you can have the giant, wonderful one? And it's multiple times throughout the entire course of the game. Yeah, but sometimes, you know, have you ever like beat off and not finished? That's what not once that in my like life sometimes. have I ever done that. Like you keep trying. That's called and being trying. a quitter, Matt. You keep trying you and trying. If you don't finish, you fail. I think you should probably do less drugs before you masturbate. Oh, see, okay. is that a, can I, uh, All right, the judge is going to step in. Got here. personal. This, this debate is starting to degenerate. I'm going to give each of you one, one chance for a closing statement. And then I'm going to, I'm going to call the winner. Should games so like Dark opinion. Souls have difficulty settings? Matt pro go. All right. The answer is yes, they should have difficulty settings because if you disagree, you're an ableist and a racist. No, they don't need difficulty settings because we don't want to raise a generation of pussies. This is a tough one. Do I go with the uh, so the uh, SJW interpretation, or do I go with the um, what's the opposite of SJW? I don't know. I'm gonna have to think about this one. <laughs> because Fuck you got mine. On the one hand, it is great to have something that's great that works for everybody. You know, some people don't want to choose between sushi and chicken tenders. So you go to like an Applebee's, get whatever you want. On the other hand, some people like a really great steak and you go to a great steak place for it. And uh, there is, I can see the appeal there, but I ain't no pussy. So I'm voting for bad luck. Rude. Ha! Yay. I am the greatest. (laughs) All right. So I'm actually going to, Matt, I'll make you the judge this time. Hell yeah. And uh, bad luck loses. It's over. And <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and roll pro and con before we re- reveal the question. Hopefully that's, <clears throat> that's exciting. We'll see. Um, I'll roll it on, uh, on my behalf this time. So one will be pro two will be con. I have rolled con for this question. Okay. Greg con bad luck pro. And the question is, should Epic game store exclusives be boycotted? Would the judge like to make any opening comments before before we uh, jump in? So this is uh, obviously a big point of contention without throughout the community because 
I'm not going to give you guys your talking points, but you know, Epic Games has been coming through quite a bit with a lot of exclusives. I think Borderlands 3 was one of the first big ones. Diabotical's coming, not as big, but there's several others right there. And some people are tilted about it. So uh, Taylor, let's say why those she- people should be tilted. So in some specific cases, when uh, backers on Kickstarter contributed their money to a game that they were promised was going to have a Steam release, they then get it all thrown back in their face after waiting for years that it's going to be an Epic Store exclusive. And they don't want to deal with that bullshit. They want it on Steam. And so that is bad. And that's my argument. (laughs) (laughs) Epic game bad. Um, Okay. If you're listening, you should now be able to hear me through both ears. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, so I, on the other hand, believe that Epic Games store exclusives should not be boycotted for several reasons. So firstly, Steam has been the uncontested uh, juggernaut of game online storefronts for ever since game storefronts online were a thing way back in 2002 or three or whenever that became a hassle. And as much as I love Valve, as much as I love Gabe, and I, and I owe them, frankly, um, it's not healthy to have no competition. And Epic, although we may not agree with all their business practices, are doing are providing a very useful service of giving competition to Valve and Steam, as well as all the other crappy storefronts out there. <clears throat> We've seen Steam up its game since Epic Store exclusives became a thing. And I think that alone is great for it's great for everyone. Um, furthermore, it's a capitalist society we live in, and exclusives have been a thing forever. PlayStation exclusives, Xbox exclusives, hell, almost all of Nintendo's first-party games are exclusives. I don't see a problem. This is just another example of the one percenters coming in and taking over everything with their billions of dollars, throwing it around, making their game store, taking out all the competition, and not giving their employees health care. I'm not Epic store bad. <laughs> You're not. But is it Epic true that they is. don't give themselves their employees health care? Don't look that up. We don't need to verify that. I'm going to ver- verify that fact. So let's see. Epic game employees and, per- and perks. Health, dental, life, all 100% paid for. So incorrect point. Please make another point. That's bullshit. That's uh, you. That's wrong information <laughs> that you have. <laughs> um, why should Epic be boycotted? Because China, you know, COVID nineteen <laughs> came out of China, and they are backed by uh, what are they? Tencent. I forget the name of it, but they're Chinese. They're bad. That's how it goes now. So they are killing the world with COVID nineteen. Don't buy from the Epic Store. If you buy from the Epic Store, you are potentially killing your grandmother. I was wondering how long COVID was going to take to come into this debate. I <laughs> know. Now it's COVID Question time. Question two. Not long. On the Greg, final statement to refute COVID and Epic and their association. <laughs> <laughs> My final statement is this. Um, exclusives have been a staple of the games industry and playing games for 20 years longer and um it's good to have more players in the game there's no if epic game store was the thing there's no saying that all the games that are currently there would be somewhere else they might not even exist epic is funding a lot of these games in a big way let's look at diabotical a game we all love they got a huge shot of life 
from the Epic Games Store. True. Lots of funding. Um, I think someone loves coronavirus. <laughs> Debate over. So uh, let's let's just ask the chat, actually, before I judge. I have an idea of who has won this. Who do you guys think has won this side of the debate? Was it Greg with the no, uh, they should not be boycotted, or bad luck with the yes, they should be boycotted? <clears throat> See, there, Nug, Nuggy, Nuki, I don't know what his name is, actually. It's all weird on Twitch. He agrees. He's smart. No, he agrees with the point you were making, but did you win the debate? That's a, bit, that's a different answer. Well, dun, clearly the answer dun, is dun. I did win. There's no debate about that. Hey, anyways, uh, I'm going to give this one to Greg just because uh, Fuck! Bad, bad Luck made up a fact that we fact-checked. <laughs> and so they do give them their employees health care. The score is uh, Greg 1, Bad Luck 1, Matt 0. Rude. <laughs> but no, <laughs> getting their shot. Um, next time around, we're going to for some for some reason I can't fathom put bad luck in the judge's seat. And, you all think so highly of me, and uh, we're going to roll a uh, roll another virtual dice here to determine who will be pro and con for the next debate topic. Um, Taylor, I can't find you. Bad luck, judge. I'm over here. I screwed up the I'm in the background (laughs) with the toaster. Hang on. Hang on. That's me in the screen putting forks in a toaster in the grassy field. Okay. Um, Looks like the fucking dumbass now. Technical difficulties. Is that Fortnite? Also, all you had to say about Khan was just be like, well, Epic has Fortnite. Boom. Argument over. I I don't think the Epic store is bad anymore because of stuff like Diabotical. It's an exclusive, but they're also funding the entire game. <laughs> so in that regard, that's that's great because the game would not exist otherwise. Polarity, I have to floss on the stream because we literally <clears throat> have a Fortnite background on the screen. So of course I'm flossing. It's within the theme. I'm also wearing a fucking cycling cap. What does cycling have to do with flossing? I don't know. Or is that a Fortnite thing? I don't know enough about Fortnite. You're you just going to floss away then. In Fortnite. <clears throat> yeah, but what about the hat? Unrelated. <laughs> Okay. Alrighty. <laughs> the debate stage should be back in action. Uh, all the players are arrayed. Let's roll. A di- did I roll the dice? Or I don't think you did. Talk no. about it. Let's roll it. Bring. That's a weird sounding dice. Sounds like a telephone. <laughs> so, uh, dun, dun. I am gonna roll. Bad luck's. Pos- I mean, uh, excuse me. Matt's position. One for con. Two for pro. You got con. Boom. Yeah, I'm ready to con. Boom. And the question is. Was The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild really that good? Oh, man. Any opening remarks, bad luck. Yeah, Matt's fucked. <laughs> I love playing Devil's Advocate, baby, even though debate. I love that game. Judge the, 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 the argument, not the <laughs> position. I know. All right, who wants to go first? I defer to you. Pro always goes first. All right, pro goes first. Uh, yeah, Breath of the Wild really was that good. It took a, an increasingly stale uh, Zelda genre, um, slapped open world on it, and actually managed to make the best open world game there is anywhere, period. Uh, the exploration uh, loop that it implemented is, I think, the most satisfying of any game. It manages to be spare where it needs to be and interesting where it needs to be. And although some of the specific mechanics, like... Um, Maybe the weapon degradation and the loot progression and uh, the way that it kind of implemented its its dungeons with the shrines, you can kind of look at is not the best. Um, 
the whole exploration part of it really makes it hold together and ring out as as good as the hype. Well, you're wrong, Matt. So uh, let's just let's just start from the top, shall we? So first off, Zelda as a franchise is completely stale. You said it yourself at the beginning of your argument, so you're already agreeing with me in the first place. Um, it's the same story over and over. You play this soft-skinned mute like elf person who is going after his super thick girlfriend and trying to rescue her in literally every single game. Like, how is that not stale? There's nothing original about that at all. Second, let's talk about the graphics. I mean, Nintendo, like, it's 20... Well, I guess it was 2017 at the time, and they're running 720p still. It is not 2007 anymore. Like, this, there's nothing good about this at all. Third, the dialogue is miserable, right? Like, it's a game where you're relying heavily on the story. Where the fuck is the dialogue at, right? And then fourth, it feels like they tried to, like, force some switchification in this game, where essentially they, like, forced you to aim with your controller's motion, and it just felt bougie and just overall awful. Um, to be the big blockbuster of the Switch, effectively right when it came out, completely false. You know, you can you know turn according off gaming features, to your right? own standards... You uh, you just put in a fact that's not true. The game on Switch, when you displayed it on a TV, was 900p. Upscaled. Fact track me, baby. No, I don't need to. I know who's going to win this one. <laughs> Greg, your counter. I'm fairly certain that, yeah, uh, when it's docked, it's either 900 or 1080p. So, I mean, that's not the most important part of your argument that needs to be looked at, though, I think. More important is the emphasis you place on the story. Um. Zelda's story has never made sense. It's never needed to. It's not why you play Zelda. And I think that Breath took a game that was based on a, 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 a franchise. That's the word. It took a franchise that was based on some satisfying progression and RPG mechanics layered over a very thin world and managed to make it something you would actually want to play for hundreds of hours, which we, everyone here has everyone on this screen right now has done. So, um, yeah, I don't think the story is that important to get right. I think that when you're going up to the top of a tower and you're spotting a location that looks interesting to you and you go there and there actually is something interesting there, um, the story, what Zelda's lineage is, you know, why she's the way she is or what to deal with her father, um, doesn't matter. Ganon Schmanon. Whatever. Ganon's just there to give a convenient bookmark to end the game when you're ready. And Breath lets you take your time. It's a game about breathing. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's at the pace of a breath. You breathe in, you breathe out. You um, take the experience at the pace that matters to you. It's not a game you lean into. It's a game you lean back on. And uh, nothing beats it in that respect. Beautifully said. Matt, go ahead and fail. <laughs> Well, you know, I think the, the the point about playing it for hundreds of hours, I think, is not really a fair assessment for a game being good necessarily because of the fact that, you know, for example, I work out for hundreds of hours and I'm still fat as fuck. And so you don't get the <laughs> right end result at all. Um, I think the other thing that's interesting about it is that remember how in the game all you essentially do is cook a lot and then all of your weapons break all the time? Like, literally, your shit and tools are just breaking constantly, and all you do is cook. Like, if I wanted to see shit break all the time while cooking, I would just watch my wife in the kitchen. 
Unexpected <laughs> domestic burn. So, uh, yeah, shitty game. Overrated. I think I'm All right, and comment. Greg wins the debate. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. You got RNG'd on this one. There's no winning this debate if you're the con. <laughs> That's literally impossible. Uh, well, hopefully one of these next questions will give an interesting con position. We're about to rotate again. Uh, I'll judge the next question. Uh, we have, we've done three. We got three more. Um, let's, hope, let's hope we can make it interesting. So, uh, okay. I'm going to roll bad luck position as pro con here. One pro, two con. Boom. Okay. Bad luck you got pro. Sorry, Matt. Oh, back to the cons. Let's hope it's a good one. Okay. And the question is... Wait, did you say I'm pro or con? You're, uh, you're pro, Sheila. Okay. There it is. Okay, and the next debate prompt is Doom 2016 was better than Doom Eternal. Fuck you. <laughs> Wrecked. <laughs> You're going down. Uh. <laughs> you might as well just walk out on this one. Yeah. Okay, so why is it why is Doom 2016 better than Doom Eternal? Because it. it brought it back to the scene with a vengeance. We hadn't heard anything from Doom since 2004 with Doom 3, which no one was a fan of at all. It turned into, um, it was trying to be something it wasn't. It was trying to be a horror game when that's not what Doom is about. And Doom 2016 knew that. And it turned it into one of those, I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me experiences. And... Doom 1, or Doom 2016, excuse me, it just, it figured everything out to begin with. It got the glory kill system down, the chainsaw system, the the armor system down, and Doom Eternal was just more of the same. It's just more levels that do the same shit, so there's really no point in playing it because it's just a continuation of it. If Just play the original flavor. Why bother with the next one? <laughs> Matt, your counter. Uh, everything you said is wrong. Um, so basically, it's a completely different game because all you did in Doom 2016 was just run around with a super shotgun and fucking kill everybody, right? That was literally all of Doom 2016. Doom Eternal added a whole bunch of different mechanics. You have tons of new movement mechanics. You have a bunch of different like boss mechanics that are weakened in a bunch of different ways. You even have this like epic lore, like literally chapters of lore that I just want to listen in audiobook format as I fall asleep in my bed, you know, in terms of how the fucking Kako monster has evolved from, I don't know, an egg and like a sperm. <laughs> Anyways, the... The point is, is that it took everything that was great in Doom, which are basically the killing mechanics and the sort of the different monsters and the actual like art direction of it. But it added an element of puzzles and sort of platforming that did not exist in the previous Dooms. So I would say that it is a far superior game than Doom 2016. See, as you just said, it took everything that was great about Doom 2016, the game that came and laid the foundation for excellence Doom Eternal would not be what it is without Doom 2016. So ipso facto better row. So you're saying you agree with me that it's better? No, Doom 2016 <laughs> is better. Did you fucking listen to what I said? You said that it took everything and it wouldn't be what it is without it. Yeah, that's true. It's better. So ipso facto, if it didn't have Doom 2016 to look back on, it wouldn't be as good. So thus tw Doom 2016 is better. I win. The other thing I would say that is far superior about Doom Eternal is that you have so much more of a like 
resource management mechanic that you didn't have in Doom 2016. Like you're always worried about running out of, you know, plasma gun ammo because of the, those shield guys may be coming around the corner and you need to explode them, right? Like that's something that like you didn't have in Doom 2016. All you worried about was the inventory of your super shotgun. Yeah, who gives a fuck about that? I don't want to manage my ammo in Doom. I want to destroy things. The first thing you hear in the game is rip and tear until it is done. I can't do that if I don't have the ammo. Why even play the game? Well, Eternal also has a rune, right? I think they're called runes. That is a air control rune. So argument. So did Doom 2016. (laughs) Where do you think they got it from? But it's better. It's the same fucking thing. They just copied (laughs) and pasted it from Doom 2016 to Doom Eternal. Control C, but, Control V. Oh, give me credit for my new game. Uh, Hugo Martin. As a side note, I noticed my camera is speeding up and slowing down, and I'm sure I look absolutely fucking stupid. Pretty yeah. funny. You are well. No, actually, it's more what you're saying <laughs> that makes you look stupid than your camera. Hey, so. you mean the things that are, that are correct that are coming out of my mouth? Because Doom 2016 is better. Because you wouldn't have Doom Eternal without it. Mm-hmm. So bad luck. The, the crux of your argument is that. Doom Eternal is only an iteration on Doom 2016, and it's a bigger leap from to Doom 2016 than to Doom Eternal, essentially, right? Absolutely. And Matt, your argument is that those improvements make it a better game. Yes. And it actually didn't just improve upon it, it actually rewrote the Doom book. Instead of just going into a, you know, murder nest and slaying a bunch of demons, you actually have to think a bit more. True. True. I'm gonna no no no. Throw... Doom 2016 rewrote the Doom book. Come on. <laughs> I'm gonna. That was a big change. I'm gonna extend the question and give you guys an additional prompt for extra credit on this one. <clears throat> um, oh boy. Some say that the additional platforming and story and difficulty elements of Doom Eternal are a distraction to what makes Doom good. And as a result, Doom Eternal does not do as good of a job as capturing the essence of Doom as 2016, a simpler, but perhaps to some better game. How do each of you respond to this idea? Bad luck, you can go first. I absolutely agree. Doom 2016, the character is basically his hands and they communicate so much anger and rage just through the expressions they gave his hands. When he gets a weapon upgrade, he punches the robot. He just rips everything and destroys it. There are no words, there are no sounds coming out of him. He just wants to murder everything that he sees. Even Samuel Hayden knew that and made it so that he couldn't be shot whenever the Doom guy was around. Doom Eternal tried to expand on the narrative, but Doom is not It's like Breath of the Wild. It's not about the story. It's about killing everything you can see. And Doom 2016 knew that. It just made it so that you, hell is afraid of you. And that's the best take on a world of demons I've ever heard of. Matt, what's your response? You know, we live in a world where we need to constantly evolve or else we fail. And I think Doom Eternal evolved in the right direction while 2016 was doing you know, just far, far too much of the same. I mean, look at J. Crew, for example. One of the most successful clothing stores out there for a long, long time just filed for bankruptcy, right? They really, they didn't realize, unfortunately, that you can't keep making money off of, you know, gingham blue checkered shirts and like chambray shirts, right? That people's tastes evolve. And what Doom Eternal did so well is that they are moving with the evolution of gamers' taste. Okay. You got anything else, gents? Are you ready for Bad my judgment? Sucks. Judgment Judge day. us. I'm giving this one to Matt. You made the better argument. <sighs> Success. 
wrecked. That's just because Doom Eternal is, in fact, better. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now, I had to say that Breath of the Wild sucked ass, so... <laughs> I've actually really... Yeah, and you fucking lost, as you should have. <laughs> Can we get a less one-sided question, Emmy's asking? Um, these questions are all figured out ahead of time, so I hope so. <clears throat> I think if you have suggestions for other things too in the future, I that think would be that, awesome. That the last question is going to be very interesting to you guys. Um, Probably the last two actually are pretty one sided or not one sided. When I play Doom 2016 now, it is the most boring shit in the world after playing Doom Eternal. Yeah. Now that you, you guys aren't actually debating, what do, you, what do you really think, Matt, about the question? I actually agree with my statement. I think, no, obviously, like everything that I said on Breath of the Wild, I disagree with. I think that's like one of the greatest games made in the last 20 years. Uh-huh. But. Doom Eternal, I, I actually do like it a lot better than 2016. It's a lot harder, but that's warranted. It seems like it's a lot more it's, gamey than 2016 was. Yeah. It's less go I in do, and shoot. I do think that the narrative elements, they didn't, I don't think they destroyed the game, but I didn't like the third person stuff just because the silent, angry hands thing mm-hmm. of the original Doom 2016 was great. But it, it, in terms of gameplay, Doom Eternal blows 2016 out of the water. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard people say going back to 2016 per your comment, bad luck is just like it's like entering mud. It just feels off by comparison. It's, it's extremely slow and shitty. I mean, it wouldn't be if you didn't have Eternal to compare it to, but it's just yeah, I'm seeing, it's not fun anymore. I, I'm seeing a lot of comments on the new game, Eternal, that sound to me very similar to the complaints leveled at games like Dark Souls. Because Doom Eternal went in a direction to be like, no, 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 we're more of like a a gamer game like you have to pay attention to all these things and do this and manage that and you're going to run out of ammo and you have to use your chainsaw like it doesn't let you go through the game however you want you can't just use one or two guns um you don't get to have the experience that you choose for yourself you get to have the experience that the game chooses for you which is is sounds kind of similar to the difficulty debate to my ears that's not true because what it's teaching you <clears throat> or the way they want you to play is just the way to most efficiently dispatch everything on the screen. You can still just use whatever gun you want. It's just not going to be as effective. Or you might not have ammo for it. Or that. But you can always get more. True. Good old chainsaws for. That. Okay. So let's get our next question queued up. Um, Matt will be judge. So this one should be a little less one-sided. Actually, the next two in general. Mm-hmm which are actually pretty hotly debated topics. So saving the best two for last. Yes, yes. Um, I will roll my position. I am con, which means, Taylor, you are pro. This is going to be another bad luck one where he has to argue against his own opinion. God damn it. Why is that? (laughs) Is virtual reality the future of gaming? Judges' comments. So yeah, setting this up, um, I think, you know, this is an interesting point just given how much VR has grown, especially in the last year with some of the bigger releases like Boneworks, Alex, um, and a number of other things. Um, I think the step also to make Alex a exclusive for VR has ruffled a few feathers. And so this has been a really big question. It's like, is this something that is here to stay and here to evolve? So I guess, uh, Taylor, go ahead and start us off and say, why is virtual reality the future of gaming? I don't know why you think I would not agree with this. This is the stance that I actually have. Um, Virtual reality is funny because I don't think, I think its biggest problem is how it is marketed. Because I was always under the impression that you're basically just putting two video screens right next to your eyeballs. 
And what no one mentions is the depth that comes with putting on a VR headset. You're, you're in another world. It's incredible how accurate everything is to real life just with this helmet on. And so the first experience I had in VR was with Job Simulator, where I ran a cash register, which is something I did for five years of my life, and I hated every day of it. But I couldn't stop doing it in virtual reality because it was it was just incredible. It was as simple as you pick up a thing and you throw it at a person and you check out stuff and whatever, but it blew my damn mind. And then uh, the next one I tried was Beat Saber, which I had seen people play for years, and that's a workout. That's it. That's a game that exercises you as you play. And it's incredibly fun because you're just trying to stay in sync with something the whole time. I guess it's uh, 3D Guitar Hero, some lame crap like that. It could be marketed as, but it's super fun. And then um, there was a really original game that came out a few years ago called Super Hot. And then they released Super Hot VR, which actually outsold the original Super Hot. And I played that one as well. And the next day I was sore because you have to physically dodge and weave around bullets the entire time. So VR is absolutely the future of gaming. It's going to have a lot of hurdles to get over because, you know, it costs a lot of money and you almost have to have an entire room to be able to do it properly. But the experiences it brings are not matched by anything that I can think of that has existed for quite a long time. Cool. Greg, counterpoint. I don't disagree with anything you said, actually. But I, I'm also going to say that I don't believe virtual reality is a feature of gaming. And my argument is pretty simple and I think hard to disagree with. <clears throat> um, video games are what they are today because we have two-dimensional screens and mice and keyboard and controller. The plural, commonly accepted format of games is always going to be based on the interfaces that are actually commonly available and virtual reality is incredible it's an amazing experience but you know what else was great when it came out we bowling have motion controls dom started taking over games are you playing new first person shooter games with motion controls or rts's or any other AAA title no because these games are developed for the tools everyone has and virtual reality headsets as cool as they are, as lovely as they are, are a niche piece of technology for enthusiasts. And the reality of actually having and owning and a VR headset is, is an expensive one that requires a lot of working around. You have to have a space to get the best use out of it. A lot of people aren't gaming in a space where they can just clear off a VR room, you know? You don't all have multi-room mansions or a lot of us live in close quarters. There's an economic component where... <clears throat> You know, as we're all seeing, our, our, our baby boomer parents uh, grew up in an era where living independently on your own was a lot more realistic when you're in your 20s. These days, people are living in multi-generational households much longer, and there's a lot less ability to have your own space for a virtual reality headset and stumble around and God help you if you want to stream it and you need to have a green screen and everything that goes into that. Um, it's a harder experience to share it's a harder experience to to bring to everyone. And because of that, virtual reality is always going to be a niche, a great one, but not the future of gaming. Taylor, do you want to counter that? Um, I think it's hard to make that argument because it is still in its infancy. Um, almost any piece of technology, when it comes out, 
it's it's usually met with a lot of mockery. Well, I don't need that. It's dumb. And I, the best example I can think of is the iPhone. Because I know when I first saw one, I said, why do I need to watch a video on my phone? And then I got one and I was like, I, I can't ever not have this again. And then the same thing happened with a watch when I got a text message in the shower. Um, I think the more people that try VR, the more they're going to want it. Like I want it real bad now that I've tried it. Why don't you I have just it? haven't purchased it yet because I just don't want to buy it yet. There's no other reason, really. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spend the money on it yet. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to spend the money on it yet because I know that as the future goes on, we're going to get wireless. We're going to get cheaper. We're going to get higher resolution. We're going to get higher refresh rate. And we're probably, I am sure it'll be a helmet that doesn't even need to have um, sensors around the room. It'll all just be contained in the helmet. Mm-hmm. So it has a lot of room for growing because it is still new. And it has grown a lot in the how long has VR been out? Like five years now? Yeah, about. As a mainstream option? VR. Yeah. Well, it's... it's Yeah. There was that you, old, uh, it goes Nintendo beyond gaming console, as well. Right? They had like the red on black. I can't think of what it's The called. Virtual Boy. Virtual Boy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was not VR. I don't know what the fuck that thing was. It was strange. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it has... I think it's going to be a big thing, but it's going to take a long time to become that. Yeah, it certainly will. I mean, let's look at um let's look at the the two-dimensional screens you and i are using now where did these start i mean obviously computer monitors were modeled originally off of tv monitors tvs right tv monitors were modeled off of like film projection i guess and i guess if you're (laughs) if you're going to be really awful you could say that those film projection spaces are modeled off of paintings and those are modeled off of you know, frescoes, and then all the way back to scrawling on cave walls. Like, this is a very old piece of technology, projecting an image on a two-dimensional surface. It's taken a That's... thousands and thousands of years to get to the point where we're playing at 200... We're, we're playing Team Fortress Classic at 250 frames per second. Okay. And but it's not about, like, sh- the future of gaming. Um... I just think that the timeline that VR needs for acceptance, what VR needs to be VR gaming needs is not, um, is not better games is it needs non gaming applications. All you and me and Matt all have gaming computers, computers built for gaming. But most people that play games don't play them on gaming computers. They play them on their, their laptops for school. They play them on their desktops they got for productivity. They play them on consoles because they can't be bothered to figure out a computer. Um, those the those computers people are playing on, they have them for other reasons. Phones are another great example. People don't buy phones to play games on them. They buy phones to make phone calls, send texts, keep in touch with people. They also play fo- play games on them. And the reason that games are popular there is because the platform is already great. You already want to have this as part of your lifestyle. And then people add games on it. People already want to have computers as part of their lifestyle and they add games to it. What's the lifestyle application for VR outside of gaming? I don't know what that is. And maybe that's just my ignorance, but that's my perspective. I have a really good uh, lifestyle application for VR. Oh boy. <laughs> He's talking about you're supporting, you're supporting that position? <laughs> VR, VR is, I don't think gaming is 
VR's greatest success at the moment. I mean, it has tons of applications and um, advertisements, uh, YouTube videos, which goes into phones. You just get one of those little headsets and pop your phone into it. And then that's your VR experience with a video. Um, oh, shit. What was the other thing I was going to say? Well, there's the HoloLens from Microsoft. That application was meant to be like you could be in someone's house repairing something and it's augmented reality mm-hmm. on top of virtual reality. <clears throat> Just all sorts of stuff like that. There are tons of applications that go beyond video games, but we're talking about the future of gaming specifically here. And it's the only, it's not the only direction to go in, but it's where things are going to ultimately end up. Everyone's going to eventually get tired of their two-dimensional screen. They're going to want their hollow screen or something like that. And what, have you experienced VR? Have you put on a helmet and played a game? I have not had the pleasure. Okay. See, that's that's where the difficulty comes in because it's like when you're trying to market a 120 hertz monitor on a 60 hertz monitor you you can't you don't know what it looks like until you're seeing it in person and that's how virtual reality works you you don't understand how amazing it is until you put the helmet on because like i said earlier it is so mind-blowingly accurate with depth and uh what's the term here reaction i guess i don't know what word to use that you have just been transported to another place. And you get so into that place that you have to have your friends tell you if you're about to punch the shit out of the TV on accident. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's just, until you can do it, you just don't get it. But then once you do try it, it's hard to not do it. I want to play Half-Life Alex really bad, not only because it's a Half-Life game, <clears throat> but because the level of detail in the world they've created looks insane. And I really want to experience that. And if they can do that with more and more games in the future, I don't see how it couldn't possibly take over, especially since headsets are destined to become cheaper. I don't own the uh, Valve Index right now because it's $1,000, but I'm also holding out on playing Half-Life Alex because that's the best experience possible since it actually reads your finger inputs. And I think there's already development for uh, another controller that doesn't even have buttons. It just senses your finger position on a bar. And it's only 2020 mm-hmm. now. So it's just going to get more and more advanced more and more quickly. And then when you look at, they are, they also have, um, oh, what do you call them? The, the things that you stand on, omnidirectional runners, I guess, treadmills. Yeah, the little yeah, treadmills yeah. that go in every direction. Yeah. That's, that almost looks more interesting to me than virtual reality. Because imagine if you could me. play TSD. <laughs> right. But that's, that's the element that I would love to see video games move into i was pleased as piss when i woke up the next morning and i was sore from playing super hot i was dodging bullets in a video game and it was exercising me and it's a ton of fun now if you can push that on the entire population what does that do for the world i think it would be a great thing i look forward to it happening and i have no doubt that it will it's just not going to be quick sure so out of curiosity uh bad luck um, what kind of mouse and keyboard do you have? I have an Apple keyboard. I have a Razer Death Adder mouse. How much do you think those those two things cost? Just roughly. A uh, hundred dollar keyboard. Matt sent me this mouse. What is this? One hundred ten bucks? No, I think it was only like sixty bucks. So, so <laughs> it's no. a free mouse. <laughs> so like, like, like one hundred seventy dollars <laughs> on a mouse and keyboard. So this is the kind of perspective we're getting here in this room right now. I think all three of us have spent roughly that much on our mice and keyboard at a minimum. 
Um, I know I'm, I'm above that. Matt, I don't even want to guess what about you. I, I, I have one single keyboard right here. Let's just show it for the camera that is open and plugged it, but it's $300 into this one, I think. So yeah. yeah I'm not sure that's the cheapest. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I, I think I have more expensive ones. Hit up that. our discord for, 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 uh, for some nice uh, keyboard discussion. If you guys want to nerd out on he that. He did. He built the keyboard himself. There's a bunch of people who build keyboards in our discord for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, because we're autistic. So, of course, <laughs> of course, of course, you guys are gonna love VR headsets. Of course, I am too. I actually want one too. I want to play. I want to play Alex too. Like I'm, I'm on the same team as you guys. And I'm not arguing that VR is great. I'm not arguing that it's not a superior way to do certain kinds of storytelling and presentation and experiences. I'm just arguing about the future of games. Like cell phones, I think are more likely to be the future of games than um than vr headsets because cell phones for a lot of people are supplanting the need to have laptops and computers and everyone's got one you basically can't live your life anymore without a cell phone so even it's 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 not about how good it is it's about how big it is and as far as the overall footprint goes look at the dollars spent on it it's it's tiny now and I don't see it getting big anytime soon. And as I agree, as it's, said, it's not around the corner, but it's undoubtedly the future. Yeah, but how long? It doesn't matter. It just says the future. Within our lifetimes? Yeah, in our lifetimes, technology jumps real damn fast. Is it going to be a new I mean, thing forever? Think about, we'll think about we this. grew up with 8-bit, and then you just saw this. Did you watch the tech demo for uh, Unreal 5 today? Hell yeah, man. That was sweet. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. And that's just in like... 25 30 years so we're gonna see some insane shit with vr within our lifetimes judge matt have you uh have our uh two debaters uh sufficiently uh made our positions clear i think so Are you ready then to this judge? is actually really yeah i think i'm ready to judge this is a really tricky one because i think that like greg you brought up some really good points about how the accessibility of this is super challenging um and i think taylor brought up some really good points about how this is I guess less of an evolution and more of a like separate direction or a separate platform, I would say. And so it's it was it's kind of tricky, but I think I'm gonna have to give the slight edge to Taylor on this one. Because the accessibility is one thing, but maybe it's just a different market, just like PCs were, right? Like PCs originally used to be the niche nerd market and look how big it is now. Congratulations, bad luck. Thank you. I'm gonna remember this moment forever and bring it up all the time. <laughs> So the funny thing is, I, I actually, I, I kind of agree with, with, with the position I was randomly assigned. So that's probably what made this, what made this fun. You've got good points. I mean, it's, I don't know. I know it's going to get cheaper. And I think with cheapness comes more accessibility. The biggest, the hardest part is going to be the space. But if they can figure out how to make it so you don't need external sensors and it's all just built into the helmet, mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be too big of a deal. The biggest hurdle I think VR games have to get over, and I think Alex kind of did this. Matt, you said it made you sick at first, but you got used to it, is making it so you don't have to teleport everywhere. So yeah, you can same. actually just more walk instead of blink and appear somewhere else. Mm -hmm. But it's and so when you watch people play Half-Life Alex, it, it's not a fast game. It looks really slow and clunky to watch. But when you're in it, you're like, oh god, I can't load the fucking gun. Oh shit, I dropped the clip. Gotta pick it back up. Oh, I'm dead. Yeah, the intensity of it is so much higher as a result. 
Emmy brings up an interesting point about glasses, about how goggles. So one thing about glasses, on. as a glasses wearer myself, there's a company. Actually, I think I have them right over here. One second. So there's a company called VR Optician, and they make little things that you insert into your uh, into your headset, and I. They're basically matched to my prescription. Prescription lenses. So that's intense. Yeah, they're prescription lenses for like you just stick them over the top of the lens itself, and so it works perfectly. That's cool. Um, and they're cheap. They're like, I, you're already paying for the VR headset. This is like, what's like forty five bucks or something like that, fifty bucks for the prescription lenses. So yeah, works perfectly. If VR definitely has a large hurdle in comfort to overcome. I don't know what the index feels like. I'd imagine it's very nice since it's a thousand dollars. But the one I used was the PSVR, and it is a clunky, painful pile of shit. But the experience is still so fun that you just kind of forget about how much it sucks to wear it. Yeah, the index <clears> is pretty comfortable. The biggest annoyance of the index is the cord, which there is no wireless alternative for that, unfortunately, at the moment. You think there will be at some point? I hope so. Um, I just found myself playing that game, and I would get tangled in the cord a lot, which is really annoying. <laughs> um but I think that otherwise I can wear it for a long time. It's actually, but I also get, uh, I get motion sickness quite a bit. So I have to usually take breaks myself, but. It's going to be wireless at some point. I'm wirelessly sending video from my iPhone to Skype, which then goes across the country to you, which then goes to a Twitch server somewhere. And that's all happening in five or six seconds. Less than that. So they're definitely going to make yeah. VR wireless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I think that, um, funnily enough, I think that one of the bigger stumbling blocks for VR is probably going to be helmets. People are not yeah. going to want to wear helmets. They're going to feel stupid. And uh, well, not feeling stupid is important to a lot of people. Not us, obviously. They'll, <clears throat> I imagine, just my sci-fi thing, you know, you have your VR glasses that you put on and it somehow blocks out all the light around you and you only see the virtual world because maybe just those lenses are all you need, then they block the light out. There's going to be, you'll be blown away by some shit they make in the future. It's bound to happen. You know, I think it's actually going to happen. I watched the uh, recent Elon Musk interview with Joe Rogan. He talked about the brain interface. Did you guys mm -hmm. see that? Yeah, and G Gaben talked uh -huh. about that too, right? Uh, where uh, Musk was essentially describing a, 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 basically an implant that they, they take out a chunk of your skull and put, put a computer in there instead. And they put wires into your brain and you can do whatever you want with it like restore um the like fix the inability like, like like fix paralysis and like uh i'm butchering this i'm sure but it's easy for me to imagine that if you can get wires into your brain you can override your optical nerve and send whatever signal you want through it that's some cyberpunk 2077 shit oh yeah heck yeah oh yeah can't wait to make my big old johnson in that game Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make mine true to scale, so it'll be really small. Customizable <laughs> <laughs> genitalia. Gonna have the sickest dick, dude. So do we have time for know. one more prompt, boys? Yeah. Can we do let's it? do it just because I'm really looking forward to this question. Okay. Okay. And please, please give me calm. Fingers crossed. So let let's <laughs> let's roll the uh roll the positions. This is gonna be looking at them, so I'm surprised by them all. Me versus Matt. You're gonna judge bad luck. Um I think he's going to bum you out for this particular question. <laughs> so I'm rolling my position. One for pro, two for con. I am con. Sorry, Matt. Damn it. And the question. I bet he didn't actually roll. He just knew you wanted it, so he took it. I rolled it. Should 
customizations such as clear explosions and high contrast textures be banned from competitive play? Comments oh, man. from I understand why I'm Dutch. I would never shut the fuck up about this. Having a little yeah. bit of latency over the audio connection here, guys. Just a second. Let me reconnect. Technical Be difficulties. Dog. I heard the question. We're back. Sorry about the interruption. Bad luck you were giving your judges comments. Start. I was not. I was asking who wants to go first because I know that I will never shut the fuck up about this. And no one wants to hear that. So. Uh, let's hear from the pro man, Matt. Go. Well, okay. So should they be banned? Of course they should be banned. I think we're in an interesting place right now. So if they didn't want the textures or explosions to be a certain way, why didn't they make them that way in the first place, right? It is the reason why, yes, there are reasons where people change crosshairs and models and stuff like that because of more of a like visual preference sort of thing, but using it as an advantage specifically is effectively a light form of cheating, right? Um, I mean, you could argue that seeing through walls is just as bad as seeing through an explosion sprite, right? Those are all things that that basically are giving those sets of players an advantage that other people do not have. Um, the other difference in variables that players have that they can control, right, that are that are not effectively modifying the core mechanics of the games are they can build a faster computer, they can get a better monitor, they can get a better set of mice, etc. But when they're actually like modifying the game to give them an advantage, it's no longer competition. It's like saying, hey, we're going to put, uh, we're competitive runners, right? And we're going to use those shoes that have like a slight spring in them to make them faster. That's essentially what modifying uh, these customizations are, are. So strong argument, strong argument. On the con side, I think it depends on the context. I mean, if you're talking about a, a backyard basketball league with your friends, um, how is important? How important is it if someone takes one step too many when they're dribbling? Um, Fucking cheating. How important is it that the guy had his toe um, like a centimeter over over the the three point line when he took the shot and gave himself three points? Is it really important to make sure that we're maintaining the highest standards of competitive consistency and rigor? It depends on the context. If we're talking about the NBA, talking about any professional league, talking about, you know, the, the international for, for Dota, yeah. Hell yeah. Like, fucking crank it to 11. Standardize that shit. Don't let pings be different. Put everyone on the same LAN network. Give everyone the same hardware. Like, everyone the same, the same, the same. So the only difference is the person sitting behind the monitor. But if you're playing Team Fortress Classic in 2020... Does it really matter if your models look a little different? Does it really matter if your explosions are a little smaller? It might give you an edge. In fact, it almost certainly will. It'll make your game look silly, which is something you can accept, of course. But I, um, it's a matter of context and degrees, of course. One of the major questions when it comes to um, any sort of regula regulatory measure is enforcement. And really... The regulation is only as strong as, as the enforceability of it anyway. We're at a point now where clear explosions can pretty easily be enforced because it's possible to do that from the server side pretty straight, in a pretty straightforward way. But should we start banning people who use custom custom textures? Our buddy uh, Kyle was just working on some high-res TFC textures that look great. 
should people not be able to use them because it's not the competitive standard to use default TFC textures from 1999? Yeah. Yeah. So here's a question. When Tom Brady deflated footballs, was he cheating or not? I don't know this story very well. Bring me up to date. <laughs> so Tom Brady, effectively, there's a whole, I'm going to see if I can remember this because it was so long ago. But basically, <laughs> he deflated the footballs to make it much harder for the opposing offense to catch, if I remember correctly. And then they got caught, right? So effectively, they were modifying football. Craig doesn't watch baseball. Wrong sport, by the way. Um, sorry, yes, it was easier for him to hold it. That's what it was, deflate a gate. And so he effectively modified the game to give him an advantage, right? Okay. That effectively, to me, is the same as using a clear explosion sprite. So because the other people didn't have that same advantage with their footballs, their footballs were the same. Tom Brady's footballs were not the same. The other thing that's interesting here, and I think you brought up clear explosions as a great example, is that it is something that does get banned, right? So in a sense, the leagues themselves already say, hey, you can't use this modification, right? And so because it gives people far too unfair of an advantage, it's really easy to miss shotgun shots with an explosion in your face. Um, it's really easy to see people coming around the corners when you have a wall hack, right? It's all the same, so. Yeah, so I don't know that much about the Tom Brady thing. I'm not sure if I'm going to comment on that, but what the, the clear explosions thing I mean, this comes back to my point about context um, and, and a matter of degrees. Like certain things are important because they actually do have a big outcome. Like the clear explosions, TFC is such a spammy mess, especially on certain maps. If you can have a grenade go off in front of you and be able to shoot a shotgun through it or a rocket, that's a big edge. I agree. That's, uh, that's not great. And it degrades the integrity of the experience for people. Um, but, you know, I see a lot of people playing TFC who are... The guys like the in-house crowd who have been playing the game forever. And although there is one very standout example of someone who uses um, alarming customizations, I would say, if not um, in terms of competition, certainly in terms of aesthetics, that um, most of those players who really care about being good use basically default TFC. Like they care about being good and they use the defaults. It's because it's a it's TFC. The context matters. It's not the international. It's not a big uh, cup for Overwatch or Counter Strike. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's 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 a judgment call. So should customizations be banned from competitive play? This is a question you have to kind of answer on a case by case basis. Um, one of the other pieces of Again, I'm going to use the word context again. That's important to consider is uh, when a game was made or what it was made for. Um, some games were made at a time where the idea of having a serious competition was laughable, like Game Forge's Classic. Some games, like Overwatch, um, were made during a more modern era, but you can still use custom skins in that game. I'm not sure. Is, is there a competition override in Overwatch where you can enforce like default skins? I'd imagine there would be. I don't know. But... Um, for the most part, games that are intended to be taken as serious competitive, competitive esports um, are, are already set up this way. So, yeah, it's not as simple as saying, should all customizations be banned? It's really more, more of a question of what experience is good for the community who's playing to have. Is it important to be a litigious asshole and ban everything? Or is it important to just get the egregious offenders off, off, out of the way and leave people to do whatever the hell they want with the rest? 
Matt, do you have anything to add? No, I think that was his refute. <clears throat> All right. So, judges' comments. <laughs> it is hard to decide who is right here because I agree with both of you. <clears throat> I think customizing the game is fine, but I think there are definitely places where it is pushed way too far. Uh, just, and I would say that, shut up, Siri. I didn't say, hey, Siri. <laughs> what I would say is it depends on partially the attitude of the player since we don't really have leagues anymore to establish rules like this. So the person you were mentioning who is named Massacre, uh, he takes this seriously. He wants to be really good. He talks about how good other people are. He banned someone because they didn't play within the parameters of how the game was supposed to be played. But when I watched his stream one day, I saw that he replaced all of his textures with just gray. And then his models are these giant blue and red blobs that have green outlines on them. And that is like the maximum contrast possible you can create for an object in a game where everything's flying around at a million miles an hour. And I think that's a huge competitive edge. And yeah, it's 2020. None of it really matters anymore. But when, when, you, when you care a lot about how good you are, I don't think that helps your case. Can I respond in the, to in that? In the case of like the beer league that we have now, no, I don't think that should be allowed. I, I do agree that, you know, again, all the winning and stuff that mattered happened a long time ago, but it's still, it should still be as fair as possible. But then there are things like rocket flares. The default rocket flare is, a, it's blinding. It's really damn hard to play with. Yeah. And nowadays we play, all play 1920 by 1080 or even higher. And so the default crosshair is, this, is like one pixel in the center of your screen. And it's the same color as everything else in the world. So yeah, you got to change that as well. And there's some other things that are just pure aesthetic. It doesn't really matter. So in terms of who is right here, I don't know. I would have to call it, is it an option to call it a draw? Because you're both correct. No, don't be a pussy. You have to pick somebody. Look at the prompt. Who made the better argument? You must decide. Something's gone wrong. Technical difficulties? Maybe. Do we lose him? His AirPods died. Good job, Steve Jobs. There's some dramatic tension. We've, yeah. We've unintentionally right. worked Whatever in. you were saying for the past minute, say it all again because I couldn't hear any of it. You're just all collectively <clears throat> pausing. We, we seemed to, it, it was a dramatic tension thing you were doing. Ah. Well, so is it an option to call it a draw? Because I don't... No. I, no, you I have to pick. Who made the better argument? You got to pick. <sighs> better argument was Greg. Ba, 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 da, ba, ba, da, ba, ba, ba. The big winner. There it is. The better argument, but I don't necessarily agree with him completely. That doesn't matter. It's who made the better argument. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, fucker. So congratulations. <laughs> congratulations to me, the winner of the first basement side debate. It's rigged. It was rigged. <laughs> That's the host who puts the coin wins. It's rigged. I deserve it. I deserve it. I'm the one who put hours into this ridiculous overlay. So. I gamed it. <laughs> I gamed it to my me. You know? It was my hat that lost it, I guess. Hey, Castelli makes great hats, guys. Especially. Oh, when no. You're Keep that flipped up. 
Keep it flipped up. That looks terrible. Yeah, I agree. Flip it back up. You gotta put it back (laughs) up. Nope. Not gonna happen. Someone take a screenshot and send it to Wheaties. I bought this hat uh, like 15 years ago with the idea that I was going to mail it to everyone in TDA and get them to sign it. And so I told them I did that. And then everyone told me that that's fucking stupid and I was a dumb asshole. And so I never did that. Are you sure it was because of the hat? I think it was just because of who I am. <laughs> I can't. I didn't that. <laughs> so uh, I know, Matt, you got to run. But before you do, how did you guys think that uh, this debate went down? Did you have fun? Yeah, I think it was good. I think uh, the two changes to this, and it'd be good to hear everybody else's feedback on this, is one, um, making sure that the questions are a little bit more balanced, which is the last few. And then two, I think it would be interesting if we got a separate moderator in here Mm -hmm. who actually would ask us the questions where we don't know what they are beforehand. Right. As opposed to me being a participant and a moderator. Yeah. And no flossing. You got oral hygiene is important, everybody. Make sure to floss your teeth, especially after you eat chicken. Get a water pick. It's amazing. All right. Well, on that note, let's end the stream now.